Sacred Pause with Jessica Winderl. Hey everyone, welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, and a couple of announcements before we dive into this week's episode. Um, Coming up very, very soon in just like a few days is the Atman Yoga Festival here in Oslo at the gorgeous Doga, the uh, Design and Architecture Museum. It's going to be an amazing, super fun, super cool, high vibe community event. So if you don't have a ticket, grab one now. There are limited spots since this is a one day pop-up event. February 29th, Saturday, first class starts at 8, and then we end at uh, 19 or 7 p.m., and it's just class after class after class, vinyasa, slow flow, arm balances, chanting, back bends, um, core flow, like there's all kinds of cool things. Oh, I'm teaching a breath work session. So if you've ever wanted to try um, one of those, I I, I teach very rarely um, breath work, but I love it. But I'm doing one of those classes. So get your ticket, grab a friend and join us. And then also the other big announcement is um, we've started opening up registration for some of the 2021 Atman Yoga School teacher trainings. So Oslo is open, Trondheim is open, and then we're going to be having new updates coming very, very soon. Um, This year is a little slower since I'll be on maternity leave for about half the year. And then 2021, the Atman Yoga School is coming out with a bang. We are expanding. We have all kinds of cool things happening. Uh, So keep your eye out if you have been wanting to join us. Maybe 2021 is the year. So that's it. And this week we have a really cool episode. I just had so much fun. And I hope you really enjoy listening to it and get some inspiration. So here we go. Hello and welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica. And today I'm speaking with a Norwegian guest here in Oslo. And we're going to be talking all about the emerging market of corporate yoga or bedrifts yoga. So I'm super excited to welcome Mikkel Lund. Hi. Hey. So firstly, thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm really excited to do my first podcast uh, ever and uh, I'm a huge consumer of podcasts um, and lately yours as well so it's my honor yay thank you I know well and it was fun we 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 actually have taught co-taught a class together um yeah. a couple years ago right when I had moved to Norway and yep. then and then we just reconnected again gosh just like a week ago I guess and so yeah it's really fun I, I talk about this sometimes on the podcast, like how small the yoga community actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually, even if you don't know somebody's name or, or haven't met them in person, you're always mm. usually aware of the, the teachers in the community and what they're doing. And, you know, so mm. I've definitely always been following your journey um, oh. from teaching studio classes to now your business. Yeah, thank well, you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I think it's really cool and super important to to kind of keep aware of the current events Definitely. both in your local yoga community but also globally um, yeah, to see yeah, yeah. to see the trends that are coming down and see what other people are doing and 
you know, I had a, a the the podcast episode before this, the live event that you were at when we were talking about collaboration mm. over competition. And I think that's one of the biggest things is inspiration mm. that we get mm. from one another as yoga teachers and specifically like how we're choosing to run our business as yoga teachers and the interesting and unique avenues that we take to expand our yoga business. And then, of course, get more yoga to more people is mm. the end goal, which is amazing. So will you tell us just a little bit about, first of all, what your business does and then how you came to create it? Like what made you take the plunge? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so which one should I start with? The, um, just do. Yeah. 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 So um, it's in our name, basically. Bedrifts Yoga, which is uh, company yoga, and I also uh, often put on the .no, so it uh, becomes a link. <laughs> <laughs> so we go around to companies. Uh, sometimes we actually book a studio for the company, and uh, we also have uh, mats for rental. And uh, we uh, teach yoga to groups. Some uh, companies has it as uh, event. Some has it weekly based or uh, monthly based and um, we also teach mindfulness uh, which is really interesting to um, um, to do because I'm mostly from the, um, the what you say physical part but then eventually going the limbs up in Ashtanga yoga or um, Patanjali yoga you would uh, naturally come deeper into the meditation practice so we're also um, trying to get the mindfulness part into companies but uh, for now it's mostly yoga we also uh, provide um, yeah pilates a couple of places but um, when uh, a company asks for something i usually say yes and then i fix it <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah so um how i came with the idea is um couple of years ago I yeah I was working in studios but also having companies on the side which I had uh, been teaching for a long time and I was also following uh, a lot of uh, yeah currents in the yoga community and I saw this uh, need for what you say uh, safety net both for the teachers and the companies. Say, uh, if you're an uh, for a talk, I don't know. Or Sole if proprietor, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So what happens if you get sick, if you get pregnant, if you want to do a travel, going deeper into your education, yoga, or something like this? So what I saw is it's uh, bad for the teacher, it's uh, bad for the company and the students going there. And uh, the other side was more of a um, huge corporate uh, uh, where, where it would be such a big administration that the, the cut becomes lower for the yoga teacher, right? Yeah. So, so I thought something in between there. And uh, also I think which was really important for me was I wanted it for myself, basically. So, yeah. I'd say scratch my own itch is American word, right? Or saying yeah. for um, yeah, your good, own benefit. Starting point. Yeah, yeah. So I both wanted a safety net for myself. 
I wanted a marketing avenue and uh, perhaps most importantly, I wanted uh, to create a community around it because to be honest, if you teach uh, like your main job and you go around from place to place in the long term, it can be quite lonely to be a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have colleagues and all these things, but you don't really sit down with them that much as in a workplace where everyone is around all the time. So also the part of sparring with the colleagues and hearing different feedback, going to both meetings, but also like uh, doing retreats together and these things was uh, definitely a driving factor. Uh, for doing it. Yeah. Mm, I love that, that, that community was one of the main reasons that you started community and stability. And yeah. I yeah. think that's, I mean, those are the two best reasons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to start thanks. your own yoga business, I think. Yeah. And you're so right when you're working as like a group yoga teacher and you're, if it's your full-time job, you're probably teaching at a couple of different studios or locations. And so you know your colleagues, but it's often like, hi, bye, have a good day, yeah, yeah, have a yeah. good class. How was yeah, your class? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In between as you're passing. And um, you're right. It can feel very – the other thing about that lifestyle, because I did that for several years too, is um, mm -hmm. just the chaos of energy that you're burning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's just here and there and this and that and talk to a student and, oh, I'm late. I've got to catch the tram or the train or yeah, I've got to yeah. drive. And it, it that's why so many yoga teachers burn out. Yeah. Is there's no containment of the energy. And so what you did, I love it. You just created your own business. Do yeah. you guys, so since the community aspect is, is a big part of that and being able to spend actual time with your colleagues and co-teachers, do you mm -hmm. have like a physical office then where the teachers come in and meet or how do you focus on the community aspect of your teachers? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we have a uh, office. And uh, I'm not the sole owner of this, uh, actually daring to take the leap and creating a OS uh, where it would be more than one owner was to have my good old friend uh, Lasse, which is uh, running his own company, doing very good with marketing. And uh, he thought it would be really cool to uh, look into this. And uh, he had an office in um, Bukstavain, which is really central. Mm -hmm. So. Um, there, I, um, there we can uh, book uh, meeting uh, rooms, etc., etc. And I also have my little uh, hub uh, <laughs> in a small room by Akershus Festning, which I rent for, uh, yeah, next to nothing, where I do like my um, factura and all this uh, administration stuff. But Bookstavan, we have a place where we can both film, have meetings, etc., and uh, perhaps the most uh, popular, I'd say, um, community thing we've done is going to my uh, family's farm. <gasps> uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an amazing place. It's called Larsbrotten, and uh, it's been like my childhood paradise. And uh, I took my company there uh, last year, spring time, and it was really, really nice to spend like a week in there talking, doing yoga, eating together and just uh, relaxing together, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's like a corporate retreat when you bring your team together. And I'm actually 
going to be doing my first corporate retreat for the Atman Yoga School this fall, hopefully, kind of depending oh, yeah. on, on my maternity leave, um, yes. just a, a weekend in Oslo at a hotel. But the same thing where it's like, okay, well, we're so busy all the time. And a lot of our communication is emails, texts, where are you? Oh, yeah. Who's available on this day? How did it go? What was the rate? You know, yeah. it's just, it's logistics. And so- oh, yeah. When you can really get together and just chill out and and talk about things other than yoga, maybe. Oh my god! <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have the need for that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, doing it with yoga teacher is also like, oh yeah, you have a, are a human being with the same problems I have sometimes. <laughs> I know we forget and, that. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And uh, to vent that and uh, being able to be open and transparent, even though we are all trying to be. Uh, good uh, role models etc we're humans yeah so being able to share that with colleagues is really really nice yeah and you know my passion one of my passions is of course business and yoga and how we can raise the bar in our community together our community both locally in oslo but also in norway and globally um and i always think about you know as the leader of my company as you as the leader co-leader of your company how do we set the tone from the top down? And yeah, yeah, yeah. the way in which we make decisions and approach how we do build our team, the people that we select, and mm. the encouragement and mentoring that we give them behind the mm. scenes to help. You know, it's not just a business transaction. And I think there's a really big difference, at least in my opinion, a really big difference in the companies that are run from the bottom line versus mm. companies that are run from the heart. And mm. And I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Like, I think you can have a successful yoga business or yoga company that is run with integrity and with heart. It just Mm. might take a little longer to build your company. And it might also be a little bit more work. But Mm. at the end of the day, I think that's the huge benefit of being the boss or the leader is you get to decide who are your coworkers and how are you spending your time. And that's both really freeing, but also slightly terrifying. Because all the responsibility is on your shoulders. Yeah. And you mentioned burnout. I mean, (laughs) responsibility as a leader and entrepreneur to not burn out is, uh, is, uh, I'd say, at times I haven't been so good at it. And I listened to your podcast about saying no (laughs) and prioritizing. And it's uh, really important to remember because in this part of being both a leader and doing what's best for your uh, co-workers, et cetera, is uh, sustainability. Yeah. And uh, being able to think long-term, not just uh, short-term actions. So having a long-term visions and uh, being flexible on perhaps the details, et cetera. But uh, yeah, you say you're having your heart in it, and uh, but uh, having both your mind and heart in it. And I really think it's good to have now we are four owners actually so it was first my friend Lasse and then I did teacher trainings uh, with my teacher Basha where I was sort of her right hand man and uh, there some of the students uh, kept following and once wanted to join the company so then we were three and was really good like sparring with people both from the inside community more fresh teachers their view on the um, teacher role and uh, yeah, mixing the mind and uh, heart and um, having the same visions, but uh, different input on the practical stuff. Yeah. And I think that's a benefit to having 
co-owners with you is yeah. you have yeah. partners and you can have a sounding board and you can say, Hey, what do you think about this? And what do you think yeah. about that? And, yeah. um, my team is getting built up now to where I can have that as well. But ultimately at the end of the day, I am the one making the decisions. And yep. that's a very strange, interesting place to be, mm. especially, you know, I, I occasionally mention, you know, being not Norwegian or not from this community locally, there's just an added layer of uh, details <laughs> that I have to oh, yeah, yeah. have to kind of contend with. Um, and, but I love, it's been so great. Like even just this week, you know, I had something come up with, with the scheduling issue. And so I was just like back and forth with the teachers on my team. And I'm like, well, what do you guys think? And can we change this? And is your schedule open? And no, okay, well then we'll stick with the original plan. And mm. it's again, that camaraderie mm. um, that comes from like, Hey, we're in this together. How do we best support one another? And you had mentioned one of the reasons that you started your company is that that security to be able mm. to employ yoga teachers so that if they have a sickness or they get pregnant, mm. they're not out of the job and out of an income, which is if yep. you're in yep. the, just working for yourself, going here and there to yoga uh, studios, if you don't work, you don't get paid, which yeah. is the same in the U S too. But, mm. um, I'm, I'm pregnant. My baby's due in July and my first baby. And I'm the oldest woman in my organization have, mm -hmm. and I'm the first to have a child. And so it's really kind of fun to navigate like, huh, okay. How is this experience for me running a business, being pregnant, considering I don't feel well, considering mm -hmm. I have these obligations that I made, you know, a year ago. I mean, my mm -hmm. teacher training programs, I try to book schedule a, a year to nine months in advance. And so that when the other women in my organization start having children, mm. I can be really compassionate and understanding and be like, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. You feel really sick. You're in your first trimester. I got it. Why don't you take a break and we'll sub somebody else in? Or, mm. you know, like that is something that's really cool. And I think even, you know, men can appreciate that also, even if you're not going oh, yeah. through pregnancy. Mm. just having that, like, how do we take care of our team so mm. that everybody thrives? Mm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm obviously not uh, having the experience of being pregnant, but, uh, a lot of my coworkers from, uh, both studios now, and, uh, yeah, we have one pregnant in our organization that uh, we're all cheering for and backing up. But I see this like uh, mutual respect of uh, pregnant women and uh, mothers in general, knowing what each other has uh, been going through. So, but uh, I've seen what they've been going through and uh, then it's so much easier both when you know them and are prepared for uh, all the ups and downs of motherhood and also having a dog like the dog can get sick what you're gonna do yeah then? yeah yeah so so we all have uh, connections and your parents can get sick and it's it's uh, life is a vulnerable uh, journey and uh, being able to have good people around you that you trust mm. is uh essential for having a good life, I think. I totally agree. And when you're unsatisfied with your work environment, it 
taints every area of your life. You come, oh, yeah. you come home angry, you're angry in your relationships, you eat crappier food, you have, you don't take care of yourself as well. And it, that was one of the main reasons I started my business was mm. because I didn't like, I didn't like what I was seeing in some other mm. companies and organizations yeah. and the way teachers yeah. were so expendable and, and just churn and burn. And there was no consideration for, like you yeah. said earlier, the human behind the teacher. Yep. And uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of my motivation and uh, actually day-to-day -day decisions is like, how is this gonna affect my sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If I if I haven't answered this email, if I haven't sent out this factura or talked with this person or fixed this, and my dog gets enough exercise, that I get uh, my stuff together. My sleep will uh, be deprived. If my sleep gets deprived, all the other actions will uh, get worse. Oh, you are so right. Do you yeah. which um which dosha are you primarily? Do you know? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely pitta. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So so I've been to Ayurvedic uh, doctors, and uh, yeah. usually they say uh, mostly pitta, but also vata. Yeah. And uh, I'm always eager to have someone say kapha, but I haven't had that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's what I originally thought I had a lot more kapha. And then, nope, yeah. I nope, I don't have as much as I thought. Um, yeah. yeah, well, not, I always love finding that out about people in who are running yoga businesses because yeah, yeah. you're right. Like that sleep part is so important. And I was wondering if you were going to say vata because – you know, the vata trait of how we react to stress is really like anxiety and worry. Mm. And, and that's how I respond. Like, just mm. like you were saying, like, oh, if I don't send that email, or if I don't send that factura, or whatever, because my day got crazy. For me, it's also my dogs. And we'll come back to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I golders always get back to dogs. <laughs> I know, I know. Dogs are always the answer. God, we can learn so much from them. Yeah, they have figured out. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's for sure my sleep gets impacted too because I'm worrying about it and I can't fall asleep. Or I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm worrying about it. And mm. that's definitely the area for myself as a business owner that I struggle with the most is mm. handling emails. And it's one thing, I mean, as my business expands and it's been really – kind of a, a crazy ride for me because as an immigrant here, I wasn't able to form an OS right away. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I now, I my permanent residency is pending. So hopefully it'll come through any month now. And okay. then once I get that, then I'm eligible to establish my OS. Mm. So I've really had some restrictions on what I could do with my business being a sole proprietor. I bet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then it's like, okay, well... A, a lot of the, you know, I can't really, I, I do contract work out, but, and I have people helping me with other stuff, but at the end of the day, like most of the emails and correspondence come down to me, one person. Mm. And yeah. so then it's like, you know, <laughs> I always am just like, take a deep breath, Jessica, take a deep breath. Oh yeah. You know? And then I get the second email or I get the third email or I get the Facebook message. Hey, did you get my email? The Instagram <laughs> post. Hey, did you, enough. did you get my email? Are you going to respond? I'm like, yeah, I got yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Then, then you're going out teaching saying, put your phone down, take a breath, and then your phone is going like, doo, 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 yeah. so so meeting yourself in the mirror sometimes, being a yoga teacher, running in a business where uh, 
Yeah, I, I say like the Norwegian saying of take three deep breaths and count to 10. In yoga, we just take it a lot further, counting to 10 each breath and uh, doing it for uh, more time. So yeah, having that tool by your side, as well as realizing you're a part of the real world, financial accounts, uh, following up on emails counts, etc. It's really important to have a head in both. Yeah. But it, it comes back to the dogs. You and I both yeah. own Huskies. And yeah. Huskies are a very demanding, very uh, needy, I would say needy breed yeah, in yeah. terms of what you have to do. And, and I always joke about how I feel like I've already experienced motherhood having two Huskies because mm. their needs always come first. Like I have to, I don't sleep, I don't shower, I don't eat, I don't work until yeah, yeah. they've had at least an hour, hour and a half hike. And then my husband hikes them at night when he gets, or skis with them. Mm. So they go out twice a day and, mm. you know, it's a huge commitment. And huge if you commitment. don't, then they are not happy and they let you know it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you'll feel it to your bones when they're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that will uh, stop all the other uh, tasks at hand. So, yeah, I... As I said uh, earlier with you, my cousin has a husky, which I was looking after a lot. So I was sort of uh, prepared what breed I was going into, as well as my uh, dad, which is actually the one uh, that my <laughs> dog is called after his middle name, Alf, <laughs> is, uh, has his uh, life uh, <laughs> sort of centering around my dog. So. You're, as you say, your husband is uh, out with him a lot and my dad is out with him uh, a lot. So it's always nice to have like these alliances with people who can uh, take care of him as well. Like like the company where you build up a safety net for what ifs. And um, yeah, there's a really good book saying like, what's this one thing I have to do before I can do other tasks? And I say like, Make sure your husky gets that um, exercise it needs, the love that it needs, and the food that it needs, and then all the other tasks are more available. And <laughs> you go so on like that. Why? Which one task can I start with to make the other tasks easier? And uh, prioritizing is such crucial to balance your um, work. So, yeah, the dog first. And uh, then everything else becomes easier. Yeah. So how have you struggled with that at all? Like prioritizing your time, you know, having a dog is of course a choice and a huge, huge joy in life, yeah. Yeah. but it is also a choice. And so yeah. then you're like, okay, well I made this choice yeah. and how do I make sure that my dog or dogs are as happy and healthy as they can be? Even when, you know, I don't usually start my work day until 11 or 12, because literally my entire morning is taking care of dogs. Mm. And so then sometimes when I'm, I'm usually the, the most energetic in the morning. So mm. for me, it's kind of backwards. I'm like, oh, this is such a bummer, but there's nothing I can, <laughs> I can do about it. Yeah. Have you ever struggled with prioritizing or, or how does that go for you? Yeah. So in the beginning he's five years old now so five years ago uh, a lot of my friends uh, would say don't get a dog do you have any idea how much it is you're in uh, your uh, 20s and uh, you can't get anything do done husky is a full-time job etc etc but what it taught me 
in the beginning was responsibility. And I mean, uh, actually having the responsibility of a living being, uh, being it motherhood or uh, animal, as I say, teach you so much valuable things that can be translated to every uh, business aspect. So um, when it comes to prioritizing after that, it's I've always been quite energetic. And uh, if I don't channel that energy into something productive with my pitta energy, I will, <laughs> I will do uh, unproductive or even destructive things. So when it comes to prioritizing that, it's I schedule my calendar after my dog's needs and uh, having my dad having him uh, every other day really makes it easier to know which days I can teach at which times and which days I can set up meetings and which days I need to do admin work and how I um, can uh, sort of balance it out with that. So what do I have to um, sort of sacrifice? And uh, that's a big part you also should think about if you ever think about um, starting a business, I think. Mm. It's, um, yeah, I, I mean... Uh, my my last relationship sort of uh, I didn't have time for that, which is uh, like a sad part. And uh, I'm not saying you can't have a relationship doing this, but uh, I didn't manage that prior prioritizing. And mm -hmm. of course, socializing, traveling. Everyone wants to travel, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying in a podcast like, "Do you really have the time and money for traveling?" And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do not, <laughs> but I do have the put the time and um, energy into uh, going trips with my dog, which is for me traveling. I mean, skiing with huskies, there's no greater joy in life, mm -hmm. both yeah. for your dog and yourself. It's yeah. Awesome. Oh, it's awesome. oh, God, huskies are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I always, I'm for your business, I mean, I know as a business owner, like you're never done working, but because your business is focusing on corporations and companies, mm. yep. or is the majority of your work during the week while companies are in session, or do you often work on weekends? Oh, yeah. Good question. So in addition to running my company, and uh, please say I have to be careful about my energy level, I also teach at studios. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So from the beginning, I didn't uh, or still doesn't take much salary from my company. I um, I teach at uh, three different studios as well, having two private groups. Oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah. how many classes a week do you teach, like on average? Uh, eight. Okay. Well, that's not so yeah. bad. That's manageable. No, no I know. That's, uh, that's uh, what I found out with time. That's my uh, sort of... Um, uh, that's what I manage. And mm -hmm. um, some are early mornings, some are evenings. And uh, I do less and less corporate teaching, actually. Yeah, you're just did, managing uh, it. Yeah, I did everything every month from the start. But now, as you say, you don't really are not working as an entrepreneur. So what I realized, I have to be uh, like ready to to answer or ready to uh, go out and uh, uh, and take tasks during the work time actually so so the um, the dream would of course be able to work hours within 
normal work hours for the population because then you actually have free time on the day after but uh, yeah I sacrificed that I guess yeah well and I mean that's that's the reality and I love having this conversation about the reality of being a yoga teacher yeah um because here's the thing that happens I th- in any industry that you're in yep. you see somebody who you think has yep. achieved some level of success mm. They own a business, they are in the community, whatever. And if, if we talk about specifically with yoga, mm. um, you know, I always have to remind myself like, okay, it's easy to compare yourself to others. And then I always have to re- remember that even though I'm not thinking about it, sometimes somebody might be comparing themselves to me Yeah, yeah and true, true. what I'm doing or what I've created or, you know, whatever success you might perceive me to have had. And the thing that people don't always understand is the the sacrifice and the prioritization that go behind that. And mm. so that's why I love to talk about it is because it's not like if you become successful in yoga, and, and, and I use that term super loosely. I mean that in terms of like you pay your bills from teaching yoga, and then mm. maybe you start having enough left over for to go on a, a trip that you can pay for and actually afford or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it is you want to do. But, um, I, I, I got my work ethic from my dad and I mm. work myself to the bone and it's mm. because I so f- truly believe in what I'm doing and, and the benefit that I think I'm bringing to the community and to the people who come to my trainings and, but this, I mean, I've been teaching for a long time and I've been teaching yoga full time for a long time and mm. I've been in the grind and I've been super poor as a yoga teacher for years and I've had mm. people not show up to my classes or I've had, you know, all these crazy things happen and I just stu- stood with or like kept going, kept going, kept going. Yeah. And even to this day, I mean, I have people in Norway talk to me sometimes and they're like, are you okay? Yeah. Why are yeah. you working so much? are you sure you're okay? You know, like it's, and that's just the difference between, you know, the work life in America and the work life in Norway in general. But as a, and then I have other people be like, so what do you do with your time? (laughs) I'm like, okay. Yeah. When do you go to the mountains? When do you have a four week uh, summer vacation? No, no. People who think I don't work at all. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And they're like, so why is it so hard running your business? <laughs> I'm like, on an oh, average absolutely. week, I'm working at least 50 hours. Oh, and yeah. so it's a, it's a funny dichotomy, but it comes back to this comment I wanted to make and why I asked you about if you worked on the weekdays or the weekends. You yeah. know, when I run teacher trainings, it's always when people are off. So yeah. I yeah. I always work on the weekends. I'm yep. often working on holidays. I'm often working at night. And so I miss a lot of that free time. I miss, like, here's an example. Like, um, I joined a book club. I was invited to join a book club. God, almost, yeah, almost a year ago. I guess it would have been in April or something. And, And it's so cool. It's like a really fun social activity for women. And I've been able to go to one of the book clubs. (laughs) <laughs> because they're always yeah, on the weekend and yeah. I always have to say no because I'm always working. And so that's the sacrifice that I'm choosing. Again, it's a yeah, choice yeah, yeah, yeah. to make to grow my business and to become successful. And it's like you said too, you're playing the long game. Like you're, you have the vision of where you're going, mm. but you have to like day out and day in show up and do the work. Like there's no shortcut. 
it really isn't. And I, I think yoga teacher profession is such um, both interesting, challenging, and perhaps misunderstood uh, job. I also taught in teacher trainings uh, at high yoga with my teacher where I uh, taught a lot of hours in addition to um, what you say normal morning hours and evening hours in the weekdays. Uh, now now I teach also at Saturdays and I try to keep my Sunday holy when it comes to <laughs> free time. But yeah. um, but um, <laughs> if you can't sleep you have to work. But um People don't see the grind, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, with students, you sort of—it's so easy to put your teacher on a pedestal. And we tried being good role models, and uh, doing that, you don't come up and say, "God, I'm so tired. I was sitting up with right. pills all night. I was emailing this and that, and I'm so afraid of not being able to." Uh, pay my bills you usually start with a um right yeah so so i'm really careful also when people apply for jobs etc in my companies and uh, that's really nice and if they usually have another job same time and i'm saying please please don't quit your job and think that i can give you business from day one yep. to live from this yeah and i mean it's such easily to get naive when it comes to um, uh, doing what you love but uh, what, doing what you love makes it easier to do the grind as well I guess so I was a bit naive when starting my company saying oh I'll put on my website and a calendar and wait for the incoming calls I guess <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, then like reality hits you and uh you have to learn about all these business aspects. I, uh, it's a sort, of, sort of soft bragging, but uh, uh, I was looking through books and I read 134 books since I started the company on business wow. uh, topics. Or, or actually listened to a lot of them as well. Oh. And, uh, and uh, then you get faced with this, okay, you have to get real and you have to keep your heart in it. and also need to apply the yoga that you believe in right mm. so it's an ancient practice a lot of the sages were living in woods writing books or not really writing books writing short uh, um, uh, sutras and uh, like the way they made money was either begging or having a patron uh, or uh, just living out of the ground around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then uh, it hits like a, a bullet in the, or not like a, a huge wave in um, in the West and also in the East as a new profession. And then you have to ask yourself, how can I balance um, uh, a new profession uh, and uh, also which which sort of philosophy you can fit into it and uh, being true to yourself uh, it's um, it's not easy yeah no it's it's not easy it's it's not like we're just selling you know 
something on eBay <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. you know, just selling a random product. It's, no. it's, we're, it's, we're involved in a spiritual practice. And so that makes it a lot more complicated and complex yeah. for sure. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about your business specifically. Yeah. When you started, uh, how many teachers did you start with? Or was it just kind of you and you were like, okay, I'll just be teaching everything until like, how did you expand and get more teachers? Yeah. So one of the most um, uh, rewarding book I read before starting was uh, called Lean Startup. So the lean model is start with a minimal viable product. So it's basically how, what you need for the smallest product that you can start. So that was basically me as a teacher and I wanted a web page and uh, I wanted a um, company. <laughs> or actually I had a company and I was a teacher and also uh, the, my uh, business partner, uh, which helped me with economics and web, which is like I knew from the beginning, I can't do that by myself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, so that, I'm, wait, yeah. I'm sorry. So you had your OS, which is like a corporation for non-Norwegians yeah, yeah, um, yeah. before you started yeah. your business? Yeah, and that that came up actually with our third owner, Hanne Hegle, uh, which was my student from the teacher trainings. She bought 20% and also joined as a teacher. So our minimal viable product, like in the first weeks, become two teachers and uh, two companies and us. Yeah. So it was, I'm sorry, I'm still just trying to understand this. So when yeah. you, before you started your company or started yeah. bedriftsyoga.no, you... Yeah were working full-time as a yoga teacher at different studios and doing some teacher trainings and you you were doing all of that through your through an AS? No, that was Enkidman's for a talk. Okay. And also, okay. And also at uh, High Yoga, which I've done uh, where I'm done most of my teaching before that, I was an uh, employee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, so yeah. the AS was brand new when you started bedriftsyoga.no. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So then you had two teachers. Yeah, and three companies. And within the first months, we expanded quite fast, I think. And we have much to compare to in the first month. So then we brought in more teachers and many from uh, which I knew from my teacher trainings, which I knew was both uh, eager, fresh, and uh, I knew their teaching style. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something I learned really quickly was, okay, it's not necessarily about who has had the most years practicing or teaching or these things, but who is the right teacher for the company who can talk their language and relate to them and sort of, yeah, that part. So, yeah, yeah that was uh, like a learning round and uh, fast forward. Two years we are now. We uh, managed to have 38 companies, where 15 yoga teachers and uh, three mindfulness teachers. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you're mostly in Oslo, but you're expanding to other cities in Norway, right? Yeah. So first, uh, one of our uh, main teachers in Oslo moved back to Stavanger, which is from and uh, there she got some companies. Uh, we did manage to get enough teachers there, I think, to 
because she she and um, like all other teachers take these um, uh, both retreats and uh, education trips. So so it's it's on the beginning point. But uh, firstly, I've uh, developed um, a lot of contacts around the uh, country and a lot of teachers who wants to join this thing in other places. But yeah, Oslo is our main ground, definitely. Mm. And. Will you talk a little bit about like some of the, I don't know, unique challenges or considerations when teaching a corporate yoga class? I, I've never done one, but I, I have oh. an, I have an idea of it, you know, where it's a lot of times the classes are shorter. Maybe people are showing up in their business attire. Maybe mm. you don't have as many props. Like what's the, what's the vibe and how do you handle that? Yeah. So you basically come to a whole new space where it's their workplace. If you just thought that studios, it's um, it's your workplace and they uh, pay money to come to you. So that's one of the first challenges is um, sort of uh, come to their place of the beginning and definitely having a huge, um, uh, what you call it, uh, different levels in the same class. Mm. So like you may have a long time pr- practitioner and another one showing up for the first time in business shirts and attire, not being sure what yoga is. And <laughs> yeah. A lot of people in between uh, having their uh, uh, preconsumptions of what yoga is or can be, etc. So then it's, <laughs> I think corporate yoga is perhaps the most difficult to teach because of the uh, range of uh, people coming to the class. So it's how do you find a class or how can you teach a class that everyone, like everyone can join? And um, you need feedback. And some say we want more intensity. Some said, ah, I dropped up. It was too difficult. So that's one of the main first challenges. Um, Another one is hands-on adjustments in in, uh, hot topic. Yeah, it's really hot topic and uh, it's really important to talk with other teachers as well because, I mean, uh, you probably notice Norwegians are more reserved and if you come into their workplace and just start touching without no <laughs> explanation of why, it's uh, it's uh, it's a hot topic, yeah, definitely. So I've been, I've been learning a lot from that as well to sort of not only, uh, of course, you have to build a relation with uh, students where it's okay you have to ask and uh, make um, ground where um, uh, people uh, understand it's optional but also it's really easy for um, people who does it the first time and see that you go around adjustment to be get a bit scared yeah yeah or uh, reserved or uh, unsure so so that's a hot topic and I actually don't adjust that much in the beginning. A lot of the feedback I get is people saying, adjust more, adjust more. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. <laughs> but, but then again, you have also have to consider it like the new people, well, and they might be, become unsure of it. So that's, that's also something that is really good to get feedback both from the teachers and uh, the students. And I mean, um, uh, people don't always dare to say as well so you mm. and that's what i've noticed as well uh having more and more hours teaching is like you can sort of 
feel just standing next to the student how they'd respond to a touch perhaps yeah oh yeah i i absolutely believe that and of course it's the type of touch too like is it a is it a really aggressive firm touch or is it more of a you know easing them into the pose i mean there's a lot that goes into how you deliver the assist too 100 percent. and um i mean it's a hot topic and uh, you have to be really easing into it. Most people in my um, experience wants more, but uh, those who doesn't want it might be silent. And um, it's it's really something you have to be considerate in coming into corporations in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And yeah. So that actually brings up a question I wasn't thinking of asking you, but now I am. Um, in the U.S., as an independent yoga teacher, you are required to have carry your own liability insurance. And oh, it's yeah. like a premium's like, I don't know, 150 a year, 150 US dollars a year. Mm. And then and then the studios that you teach in have their own insurance. Yeah. And I've always been a little like, I don't know. I get it, Americans like to litigate and sue people, but in the yoga space. I have yet the liability insurance that an individual teacher carries mm. is in case they hurt a student in a yoga mm. class. And then mm. the studio, the liability insurance they carry is more for like if somebody slips on the sidewalk or if somebody trips on the rug or, you know, if they get hurt in something not on the premise or on the premise, not really in a class. Mm. And, and in the U.S., I have yet to hear of a yoga teacher, an individual yoga teacher being sued. Mm. And so, but everybody's terrified, like, oh my God, you have to have insurance or you don't get jobs. And in Norway, of course, most people are like, well, yeah, you don't really need insurance for anything. I don't know where you'd find it. I don't know if anybody's going to insure an individual teacher, but I'm sure. So how does your business handle insurance or do you? Yeah, it's a really good question. And first I was looking into insurance when I was uh, teaching just for myself, both for my insurance I <laughs> I came into yoga with a lot of injuries and I keep injuring myself when I'm skiing because that's sort of my yeah um, thing. But I don't have a really clear and good answer to it. It's if you're OS, you have a lot of more um, security and it's easier to get these um, uh, insurances. If you're an months for a talk, it will be really, really expensive. Yeah. And uh, it's it's definitely something we together as yoga teachers need to talk about. And my company deals with it with uh, asking, for example, um, my co-owner studied uh, law. So there I sort of ask him about these questions that I don't have clear answers to as well. And um, I guess that the, the... open answer it's not totally clear but Mm. we are uh, looking into it and um, um, also if we're unsure it's just be really careful with settings where injuries can happen yeah yeah that's my way around it has been I mean I do this in the states but I also do it in Norway and I've I've had students comment like why are you doing that um I have people sign a waiver of liability mm. and then, then it's, 
you know, I mean, the risk of anybody suing a teacher here in Norway is so, so, so low. And it wouldn't even cross, I'm sure, most students' minds. But Mm. as business owners, you know, we got to – that's our job is to be prepared for the unexpected. Mm. And a waiver is such an easy thing to do. Mm. Um, even if people are a little confused, like, why am I signing this? <laughs> yeah, because of, of course I've thought about waivers and sometimes I provide it. But <laughs> if you're coming to yoga class first time and like, you might be injured, <laughs> sign here so that if you get injured, you can't sue me. It's also uh, how you do that in a good way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So when you are, I imagine, especially as your company grows, and I know I've had at least one of my graduates reach out to you, um, I'm, I imagine you get a lot of cold calls from teachers being like, hey, I'm interested in joining your team. Yeah, yeah. How do you select teachers? What's your criteria? Yeah, that's a very good question. And uh, it's uh, trying out as well. But in the beginning, it was uh, people I really know how teaches and values and also sharing um, the values of the company. So we're really about availability um, for um, the students and the companies. It's in our names. We, we don't have a cool Sanskrit name, which, um, yeah, uh, I might have if I had a studio or just uh, me doing the business. But... We're sort of, yeah, like you say, with asanas, it's sort of the gateway. Mm. And we're really conscious about how that gateway looks, you know. Mm. How is that gateway presented? So I'm sort of getting the vibe of um, I love people who talk about philosophy in class and present that, but also those who understand that you uh, should distance yourself from the students in the beginning. So actually a bit more relaxed um, who are easily connected to new students, people who both had the experience and integrity, but also the flexibility of adjusting and not having that. uh, I know everything you should listen to me or get out of here, but more like uh, let's work together on this. Uh, And also a lot of the newly educated are really interesting to talk with because they um, they're more, um, what you say, open and curious. And um, as a mentor, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I've done yoga for 10 years now, but not like 50, 60, where, where I'd uh, sit like a sage and tell them what to do. But people both having the passion, motivation, and um, yeah, grounding, I guess. Mm. Do you have teachers do an audition for you if you don't know them? Actually, I show to their class, not uh, <laughs> without with them knowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I love, I think that's a great way. Yeah, that's my favorite part of my day. <laughs> <laughs> and then you <laughs> see that. I do that all the time. <laughs> like terrified look on their face when they realize you're in their class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I get that sometimes. Oh, I was so nervous when you came and like, yeah. well, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, well, yeah. and absolutely. Like I can imagine teaching corporate yoga is even, you know, I agree a hundred percent with what you said. It's probably incredibly difficult. It's like teaching beginners where yeah. they have no understanding or concept of anything. And no. and that mind body connection is quite severed in a lot of people 
especially in an office setting where they just sit yeah. in front of the computer all the time. Oh my God, yeah. Body hurts and they're in their mind and you say, okay, lift your right leg. And they're like, oh, what's, yeah. what's my, which one's my right leg? Yeah, they'll start uh, wiggling their hands. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and so I could see how having newer teachers actually could be a really uh, a great fit because a lot of newer teachers tend to teach a little slower. Mm. In general, like they just don't have the experience of time management and they don't have their, mm. the refinement of their cues down. And so I could see that being a great fit. Mm. But of course, also diversity. Yeah. I mean, um, and that, that's also so interesting about this job is going around to workplaces, you know, yeah. to go around to 20 workplaces in a week and sort of feel the vibe there. And... Uh, some actually have full blown out Ashtanga where or it's an engineering company where people are like really learning quickly and then it's like, well, let's get, get you this. So then then you'll have a, someone who really knows that system at other places. It's like we have no idea what yoga is. So then you give them a little bit of uh, both uh, yin and uh, some vinyasa and really available. And what's interesting is like, how teacher, company, student develop a relationship where they sort of find out what's the best for everyone. Mm. So I can have preconceptions. I've actually made a signature series for uh, the company, which I think is uh, both nice for um, practitioners who's done it some and uh, both beginners. And also where the poses can be do really simply and in full expression with challenges uh, for the more experienced. Uh, so diversity is one, and also the eagerness to sort of listen to the students and the company in the learning process. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and being grounded in one school is super great and uh, can be really applicable if the company is uh, ready for it. But it's always a question about uh, breadth Breadth, uh, breadth, breadth, and depth. Mm. So, so we need to be open up about we're all about uh, inclusiveness and breadth. And I almost feel like we're like sitting there making sparks. <laughs> and uh, some some students like never tried it, just lights up and like, what is this amazing thing? I for the first time feel my body is alive and uh, uh, I can. <laughs> move my left toe instead of my right hand when I at my <laughs> control. And then it's really important for me also that the teacher has a lot of um, uh, being available to answer the question that these uh, eager people might have. Like, mm. oh, where can I get more? Yeah. And then uh, what is this uh, philosophy behind it? You have to be both honest about not being able to answer every question like you're not necessarily a doctor or um, you have to be um, but but being able to guide them in different directions so all of our teachers also practice themselves obviously and go to different studios so they they're able to guide them as well as uh, uh, providing their expertise yeah and what do you see I, this is kind of like a two-part question. So yep. first of all, how do you reach out to companies? And then second of all, what do you kind of see the trend in Norway in terms of 
company yoga and are the companies really receptive? Are they excited? Are they like, yes, we totally want this? Or mm. some of them more reserved, like, I don't know, mindfulness or yoga? Mm. What's your experience been? Okay, so practically in the beginning, I was uh, naive and thought everyone would uh, just, oh my God, it's a new company, Priming Yoga, let's call them. <laughs> <laughs> but I quickly learned that I just had to sit down, do the grind and hustle about uh, emailing, calling, meeting. And yeah, in Oslo now, it's a really good uh, time for startups. So there's all this uh, startup networking conferences, going out, talking with people, giving them your card, which I actually love. Um, but it's time-consuming and energy-consuming. Uh, so the first uh, year, it was all about that. Uh, obviously, your uh, friends, uh, family, and network, uh, LinkedIn, I tried a lot. It's hmm. uh, it's quite efficient for uh, B two B company to company. And uh, now the last year, it's actually become what I thought it will be at the beginning. Mm. <laughs> the, uh, actually, coming uh, to our website, and that saves me a lot of time to do the other managing part when a company grows, like uh, following up. Uh, yeah. The other parts of the company and the sales process being a bit quicker yeah yeah and that's so exciting i'm sure when you're like oh my god so that's how i feel sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. when a yeah, random person first yeah. income it was like where did you find us <laughs> yeah you're like oh my god it's working it's happening yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's alive <laughs> right well and that's important to celebrate the successes along the road too you know, because it is such a grind and because we have a lot of setbacks and failures as business owners in general, yeah. um, you know, when you have something small like that happen, you're like, oh, my God, today was amazing because yeah, yeah. I had my first instead of me cold calling and harassing the, the contact yeah, at the company, yeah. Yeah. they came and found me. It's like, oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's a joy. So what do you see? So then that would lead me to believe that companies in general are interested in having yoga? Yeah. So there's uh, usually three main answers I get. One, which is actually a joy, is uh, we have a teacher and we're super happy with it. So uh, I remember you talked about scarcity, but then I'm actually, oh, I'm glad to hear that. And um, sometimes teachers who has a lot of companies reach out to us for help with the subs, etc. And some some actually have, uh, yeah, sourced out to us. Um, another one is like uh, the <laughs> gatekeeper is like, ah, this hippy dippy mm. that uh, you talk about, no way my employees wants to do that or whatever. But if you go into a company, it's such uh, many opinions on yoga. I mean, just from statistics in big companies, a lot of the workers probably do yoga, uh, but there's also a huge percentage having, yeah, stereotypical ideas or um, being skeptic. You know, Norwegian really needs the science to back stuff up as well as uh, the um, social proof that many does it before they, they're trying something new a lot of the times. So, um, we obviously use a lot of science-based uh, criteria. Yeah. 
Um, so now I mentioned too, they have a teacher, they think it's weird, and then it's like, awesome, this is what we need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that's part of knowing your target audience and being able to tailor your message to them directly, you know, to yeah. fit their needs. And you had mentioned before, like the criteria of your teachers that going into a corporate setting and teaching, you know, the yoga sutras or bringing in this like yoga philosophy is probably not appropriate in a corporate setting. You know, maybe if you've been working with the same group for a long time, you could start to sprinkle some in. Yeah, yeah, it's all about <laughs> baby steps in that way, yeah. Yeah, and meeting the student where they are, meeting the company where they are, and understanding what a corporate work culture is like. Mm, mm. And that a lot of people, maybe they're not closed-minded necessarily, but they just don't have exposure yeah. to these ideas. And you know, a lot of people do think yoga is just a, a stretch or they think it is maybe just a workout or yep. they don't know what yoga is. They think they're going to join a cult and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and that's also the yoga jungle today. There are cults and there mm. are just stretches. So, I mean, it isn't that surprising that people have all these different ideas. So, so then one teacher's answer to what yoga is and supposed to be and give you might be a totally different answer to what another teacher says and then you're and i remember my journey into is like so confusing all these names all this chanting on a different language i don't know what i'm really saying can i stand yeah. for it and uh, then it's like again being uh, there by the opening and sort of like have a easy touch on it like mm. Of course, if you look at the statistics where people suffer, uh, it's uh, back and uh, shoulders and neck and stress-related factors. And if there's something we know from both science and the personal experience, it's yoga is perfect for that, right? So both uh, muscular and um, bodily experiences, as well as stress-related topics are like body-mind to the core mm. so it's almost like an equation i think when uh, when uh, i reach out to people it's like well is someone at your workplace uh, struggling with stress related symptoms or uh, neck shoulders back and like yep probably a huge percent <laughs> number two well look at this science and uh, what uh, it shows the stress related uh, things and back injuries uh, we have the tool and then, of course, I think it's so interesting with yoga and which I was really happy when I dug deeper into it myself is it's such a healing practice, but it's so much deeper as well. So it expands from if you're suffering from uh, something, it, it's a perfect tool, but it doesn't end there. It's like if you go to the doctor, you have usually a problem and we uh, get help from that. And then it's like, oh. I'm good. And then something new drops in. Mm. So, so have the, um, have the availability to say it can be just a stretch. It can be just helping you with that, uh, uh, neck that, uh, irritating you all the time. It can also be going deep, deep into the practice. <laughs> what would I know? So <laughs> going into the forest and be a renouncer, I, I'm not stopping any from anyone from that, but being open at there is this huge, um, yeah, jungle where you might hang out by the outskirts of the forest. And uh, if you want to go deeper, 
please. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Yeah. I would, I would love to talk more about that for sure, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's yeah. just in general with you, but also in general with like oh, yeah. Yeah. our yoga community at large, but then it's, it's also like, okay, you got to you got to know your audience a little bit too. And unless people have already been exposed to the history of yoga and understanding where exactly this tradition, well, I'm not going to say exactly because that's not correct, but where this tradition has been influenced from over the millennia. um, Mm. Yeah. People are going to give you strange looks. You're like, oh yeah, let's talk about being these forest tribes Chanting yeah, around, yeah. Uh, chanting around the fire and dancing. And, and then some people have some agouris. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, so meditating on human corpses, I cannot uh, suggest that to anyone. But what do I know about their uh, practices and enlightenment? Right. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I have one last thing I want to talk about, if you have just a few more minutes, um, just kind of to wrap our conversation up, because I think you and I both agree this is super important. Um, mm. Price structure. Yes. What What do you see? I mean, I personally, I was so shocked when I learned in general what some of the corporate rates are in Norway, both. And in Trondheim, I know people who teach corporate yoga in Trondheim and, um, and then in Oslo. And I think this is why, because you can charge so much more. Mm. Um, It's one of those things where it's such a, almost like a cushy gig that if you land a corporate yoga job, usually you don't want to give it up. And then Mm. it can be hard for teachers independently to break in unless, like you said, they know somebody who works at the company. And, um, Mm. but because if somebody gets the job, usually if they give it up for some reason, they ask around through their friends, you know, they're like, mm. Oh, Hey, you're one of my favorite yoga people. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, do you want yeah. the job? Like that, that, like they inherit the job. Mm. It's hard to just get a new job teaching corporate yeah, yoga. Their golden egg. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's yeah. of, of the weekly classes you could teach. It's the highest pain. Mm. What do you see as kind of the trends with pricing for corporate yoga? And what would you like to see? Well, I was, coming into it with sort of like I want yoga to be free for all and I don't want the paywall to be um, a wall (laughs) but as you come into it and see like Norway we're such a profitable and profitable and lucky country in that sense that we have the money and um, usually time as well to to put our health uh, in a good way and I would say daring to ask for a high price to make the profession something that uh, people not only from uh, rich families or uh, having uh, money from other jobs can do. I'd say um, dare to ask for a high price, dare to know your value as a teacher, dare to say that this should be a profession that you can live from. And I mean, Living in Oslo, if you want to live and eat well, it's it's really expensive. So um, am I deriving away from your questions, which was? Well, just in more specifically, like, do you have a, could you give us a range of what you yeah, see? Yeah. yeah. So, so we have a range where um, we always want the teacher to get a good base salary and we range it from where the location is if it's far to travel uh, we make an addition if they rent mats 
or if there's a lot of people joining the class. So from that, we have a range point. Uh, it's all about uh, above a thousand kroners because I want the teacher to get that uh, as well. Um, so from 1500 about up to 2000 is where we uh, definitely think uh, people have uh, or the companies should, uh, should uh, pay. Yeah. Oh, which is a little surprising to me because I actually think that's a little lower than yeah, yeah. than I've heard of people getting paid. Like I know of teachers doing corporate yoga on their own who are getting, and this of course is more in the Oslo area. Like I think you have to differentiate. Are you in a small town in Norway? Are you in a big town in Norway? Oslo is probably where you can charge the most. Um, but I know of people who are getting 2,700, 3,000 for a class. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've heard of somebody getting above 3,000. Which yep. to an American listener, that's over three hundred dollars. Like yep. that's probably like three twenty <laughs> for yep. one class, which is crazy. Yeah, that that is a, <laughs> a, a bit crazy, but not really, I think, because uh, if you if it's if you're competing with um, the hourly classes um, for studios, for example, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you look at uh, the budgets of the company, and a lot of might put it in the sports budget of the company, but yeah. I'd say put it in the health uh, budget of the company, then it's not really that uh, big expense uh, coming to taking care of your employees. But uh, but uh, we why I said those numbers, it's that's what we get the most positive response on. And yeah. uh, that's where our sustainability is. But uh, uh, 3000 and above, I, I don't think it's crazy, to be honest. Well, and then, too, if you consider in how many people might be coming to the class. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What's the average size of the classes that you or your teachers end up teaching? Yeah, well, you, you, I don't think you can measure it by uh, average because then it's uh, you should have a, rather have the median. The oh, median. okay. Yeah, because some some there are like two people at sometimes because it's a small company, but they're really efficient in what they do, and sometimes it's uh, thirty and above. Um, so median, I guess, it's like ten, fifteen. Yeah. yeah. And if you did a drop in uh, question or like, um, yeah, if you have 15 person paying 200 each, it's uh, the basic math said it, the company should pay for it. And so some companies also have this um, structure where the employees who joins it pays a small price and the company the rest, yeah. which is really interesting as well, because then uh, the people who sign up for it actually see uh, or have a financial um what you say investment in it as well as the company mm. show, showing that to take care of the employees um but uh, but uh, in both senses it's uh, it's um the return on the investment i'd say in the long term is really good when it comes to all the benefits they get from it yeah yeah and then also it's i mean i know your business is specifically focused on bringing the yoga to the company and to the employees. Yeah. But then one of the reasons why you and I agree that charging more is, is a good thing mm. is because it, it makes people consider our profession seriously. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, okay. Yoga 
you have to pay for yoga. Like it's not free, even though some people definitely still have this outdated idea that, oh, all yoga should be free. And I should, why are, why are they, why is the teacher charging me for this? Mm. But then if we take a even bigger stance on this, like, okay, what if people coming to your classes at their company are like, wow, this yoga thing, I've never done it before. And I, I, I like it. I want to do more of it. Mm. And maybe they get inspired to go to a studio and, mm. and try yoga on their own. You mm. know, we don't want them to have an unrealistic expectation either of like, oh, well, my company pays for it. It's free. And so they don't know what it costs. Yeah. And yep. then they go to a studio and they're like, oh, 230 kroner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a ripoff. I'm going to wait until the summer and I'll go do free yoga in the park or, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> a couple of things wrong with this equation here. But, yeah. you know, the more yoga teachers we get to, to price themselves accordingly, mm. I think is a good thing. Definitely. And I've done the free yoga park thing and thought I was uh, really doing something awesome for that. And I think free park yoga is awesome. But how are you going to make the yoga teacher profession something that you can live off, even though you're not coming from money, income, others? And if you want really good teachers work, they should work full time, not be burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, how do you do that with the donation classes? I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I don't think we've seen enough donation classes in Norway to really, no. at least I haven't, to okay. have any information on that. Because I yep. know in the US, donation-based classes, actually teachers most times end up making more money than if oh, yeah. they were just charging a flat rate. So yeah, I don't know. I, Have you seen something different with donation-based classes? Yeah, I, I heard rumors about what you say, but I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so... But that's why, but the caveat is you have to put a, a recommended or a suggested minimum. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But but then it's like, are you being... What, what, what would a student sort of like, I don't know, have the... Uh, point of what the teacher profession is is like every other if i go to the hairdresser or if i go to a massage or if i go to a lawyer it's these rates yoga teachers i can pay 10 kroners or a suggested 50 or 100 or 3000 for a private class it's like and how do we um, sort of create these prices since it's a new profession it's sort of like putting your finger up in the air and just Throw something out there, I think, sometimes. Yeah. And this, I say to all yoga teachers, is like, know what you paid for teacher trainings. Know the hours you put into your practice and teachings. And, um, yeah, that value can be set into a, a real asset for uh, yourself, for the companies, and for the students coming to your class. And, I mean... I haven't met anyone going into the profession as like, oh, yeah, this is fast money. I'll be laying on my laurels uh, yeah. having this thing done. So we're all in some way idealists. But, uh, but um, yeah, low for your profession doesn't pay your bills. And if you're going to have the motivation in your uh, struggling times, having uh, the security financially is uh, vital. 
Yeah. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much, Mikkel, yeah. for yeah. taking the time and being on the podcast and sharing well, what you're up to. I think it's really cool. And I think it's, I mean, I can only imagine that your business is going to continue to be successful and more and more people and companies are going to get on board. And it's, I, I think it's really exciting to see because it comes back to this idea of, you know, if this is the first exposure some people have to yoga, when, when you're coming to their workplace and their workplace is sponsoring it, mm. you know, then there's, there's not as many excuses. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I've got yeah. to go to a studio and I've got to look yeah, at the yeah. schedule and I've got to buy special clothes or do I need a mat? Like there's all these barriers to entry sometimes. Yeah. Well, we'll come with the yoga mat if you don't have one. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. And so then hopefully. The threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Then people are like, oh, yoga's great. I feel better. I sleep better. I'm more productive at work. Like all the benefits, you know, that you were kind of talking about scientifically. It's um, it's awesome. So thank you and um, keep up the good work. Thank you, Jessica. I could sit here all day talking about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, dogs and yoga. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's be in touch. Maybe. Yeah absolutely and you yourself with your podcast it's awesome just uh keep doing it and uh we'll grow together yeah thank you i appreciate that all right bye-bye bye